Amen. So we're going to continue in our series this morning in 1 John, uh, Live Like Jesus. Live Like Jesus. Uh, and we're talking about really John's Jesus. Now, I know John didn't have his own personal Jesus, but what we're doing is we're taking a look at Jesus when he walked the earth through the eyes of John, not his cousin. Uh, he was beheaded. We know that. But uh, his cousin was. But this John, John the Beloved, uh, is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John, wrote First, Second, and Third John, and then also the book of Revelation. All right. And so um, uh, we're going to look at Jesus through his eyes. And so far in this series, you know, in this epistle, uh, this letter that John uh, is, is written here, He's talked about some practical steps of how we can live like Jesus. You know, one of the things I want to emphasize in this series is that many people look and they read the Bible, maybe they, or they hear stories or read stories of Jesus and how he walked the earth and all the things he did. You know, he walked on water and he turned uh, water into wine and he cast demons out into pigs and they ran into the ocean and he raised Lazarus from the dead and he did all these things. Things. And we, we tend to say, well, you know, that was God. That was Jesus. Come on. I mean, that was God incarnate. And, you know, that was, he, you know, he had power. He was there, you know, from the beginning. And he was the word of God. And that was Jesus. I, I, I can't do all of those things. But let us not forget that before Jesus left, he said, uh, these things you will do and greater than what I've done, you will do. All right. So if we believe Jesus to be the way, the truth the truth and the life, then we have to believe that he was telling the truth when he said we will do even greater things uh, than he has done. And another thing about that, you know, people look at that. I love this because sometimes I go and I'm around other ministers and other pastors and even Christians. And, you know, we want to look at the Bible and we want to make excuses and we want to, you know, we want to make it make sense to us. Right. And so we look at a scripture like that and we say, well, yeah, but was he really talking about greater things like better things? Or was he saying greater like more or was he, you know, we come up with all of these things. And there are times when you just need to read it and just take it for what it is greater, whether it's more or better, it's greater. Okay, we're going to do greater things than even he did. And he did some great things. Amen. He did some great things. So we're, we're talking about living like Jesus. And I want to encourage you that you can live like Jesus. But then also we, we want to look at all of the, all of the miracles that he did. And, and that's what a lot of times we focus on. You mean greater things than Jesus? You mean he turned a hundred gallons of water into wine? I could turn 200 gallons of water into wine. You know, he, he, he healed, uh, you know, 14 people. I can heal 16 people, you know, and we look at those things. Uh, but really, when we're talking about living like Jesus, we're talking about just walking in the blessing. You know, Jesus was never surprised by anything in his life. Jesus was kind to people. He was harsh to the enemy. Come on. Uh, but he was he was kind even to sinners. But the point was to get them into the kingdom. Right. And so those are the things that we really need to look at to live like Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. Because if you look in, in the book of Acts, when it says the Holy Spirit was given, the first thing it says is you'll have power to witness. 
to witness. Amen. You have power to witness. And we learn on Wednesday nights, the past couple of Wednesday nights, that that word witness really comes from a Greek word that means martyr also. So where it doesn't mean that you're just going to go out and get shot for Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about, but giving up your life to give your life for the Lord. So when we're talking about living like Jesus, yes, we're talking about all of the miracles in our life, but we're talking about not just going from event to event, but every single day walking in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And so John so far has given, given us some practical steps. He's talked about how God is the light, how he revealed himself to the universe. And in Psalms, David said, in thy light, we shall see light. So it is the, in the light of the revelation of God. When we see things that are happening, even in the world right now, sometimes we rush to judgment, but we need to back up and start and begin to pray because it's in the light of God that we see things clearly and we can speak clearly in God's light. And so John says that, you know, God has revealed himself to us. Right. And John also attacked unethical behavior. He's done all that in the first two chapters. And now we find ourselves in chapter three, in chapter three, beginning at verse one. I'm reading from the New King James version of the Bible, but you can read from whatever version you may have. But the first John chapter three, verse one begins in this way. Put that up there, Tegan. First John chapter three, verse one starts out. Behold. Behold, what a way to start out. We don't talk like that. Behold, you know, you're not, you don't go to the grocery store, you know, me and my wife and say, behold, look at the $1.29 green beans. No, but I, but I, but I like that word, you know, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know him, know us because it did not know him. Verse two. Do you have the rest of them or no? All right. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not been yet revealed what we shall be, but we shall know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Just as he is pure, whoever commits sin also, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Wow. Wow. What is, what is he saying here? What is he saying? Look at verse 1 in the message version. The message version of verse 1 uh, really kind of lays it out for me. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. That's from the word behold. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. Hmm. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Can I tell you something this morning that we should not really even be offended 
When we try to preach Jesus, when we try to preach love, when we try to preach forgiveness and the world doesn't understand it and they want to talk about revenge and all of those kind of things, they don't understand it. Why? Because they don't know who we are. They don't know who he is and they certainly don't know what he's up to. Why? It goes back to the beginning because in your light, we will see light. We can't understand it until we see it in the light of the revelation that he gives us. This is why word and spirit have to go together. I encourage you, don't, don't, don't go someplace where it's only Holy Spirit. Now that sounds a little sacrilegious, doesn't it? But there's only Holy Spirit. No word is really being preached, but it's just all Holy Spirit. Just everybody speaking in tongues and swinging from the chandeliers and, you know, floating around and all of those things. And we're going to a higher level and that's it. But there's no word. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. But also I would encourage you, don't go to a place where all you hear is just someone reading the Bible and, and no signs and wonders. No spirit, no worship, nothing. Some place that's dry, not biblical, because in thy light we shall see light. Remember when Peter said, you are the Messiah? Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Well, you're this person. Who do you say that I am? Peter said that you're the Messiah. You remember what Jesus said. He said, this wasn't given to you by flesh and blood. You can't go someplace where someone just only reads the Bible and, and that's it. And, 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 and there's no spirit, no revelation in a place. I'm not talking about being spooky. You, you, you who go here know me. I'm not talking about being spooky, but if there's no spirit, God is spirit. So we have to, there has to be a spirit. There is a Holy Spirit. He is a Holy Spirit. And so there has to be an element of spirit in what we do. Okay. So we have to have both. We have to have both. And the world doesn't know what he's up to because that's that's where we get deep speaks to deep. That's what that scripture means. Flesh speaks to flesh and deep speaks to deep. The NIV says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is because they didn't know him. If they're not interested in knowing him, they're not going to be interested in knowing you. And John, John is trying to drive this point home. I know that most of us, if not all of us in here today and watching online would know that God loves us. You would know that, right? You know that God loves you and you know that God loves you with a tremendous love. But see, John is trying to get us to understand that even if we've been in church 50 years, we still still don't fathom the love that the Father has for us. And I'm going somewhere with this. We still don't fathom it. That's why he uses the word behold. You know what this word behold means? Behold, it, it, it comes from a word that means consider, but it heightens our enthusiasm. It means with intentionality and attentionality. Pay attention and with intention what I'm about to say, all right? And I've said this a lot of times. You know this, Dawn, as a mother. There's sometimes when you look at your kids, look at me, look at me. I'm not going to talk until you're looking at me, right? You know how that is. You can say, you can give instructions and they'll, yeah, 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 sure, mom, yeah, yeah. But you know they're not paying attention. What? Look at me. Stop doing what, put the, put the controller down. Look at me, right? That's what John is saying here. Behold. Pause, wait, 
Hold on a moment. Hold on. Consider. That's what he's saying. Consider. This word is to use, is used to describe um, something that you can physically and actually see. He, he's saying that it, this is a short command that, that we should pay attention to the marvelous kind of love which has been bestowed upon us and not take it for granted. Behold, pay attention to this marvelous kind of love. Don't just say, yeah, I know God loves me. Well, we all know that. Even those who don't know the Lord know that God loves them because they say we're all children of God. So people would know that. But we must stop and pause for a moment. And here's, I'll just give you a hint to the skip to the end. Here, here's where, here's where I'm, I'm going with that is that we're talking about live like Jesus. So if we're talking about live like Jesus, the same manner of love that he has for us is the same manner of love that we have to have for others. The same manner of love. That same love is how we have to, what we have to have for others. See, when Jesus walked the earth, Jesus walked the earth with power. But just because he had power didn't mean that he had to demonstrate his power. He didn't have to let people know. I, I was always amazed at reading the Bible and reading the scriptures about Jesus and how much respect that he had. And he didn't even come before people and say, look, I'm the Savior. Everybody listen to me now. At least I don't read that in the Bible. I don't read that, but they just knew. John the Baptist, not this John. John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Respect how he was filled. He got baptized and then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. They just knew who he was. And that's the power, Christians, that Jesus wants us to walk in. You don't have to go and have a sign on your forehead or go and memorize every scripture in the Bible and put people down. Come on, because you know so much scripture or look down people, uh, look down your nose at people or any. I'm not saying any of us do that, uh, but you don't have to do any of those things. All you have to do is have a prayer life. All you have to do is speak the word of God in faith. And if you do those things, you have a devotion time with God. He'll fill you and others will be drawn to you. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up. Now, that, 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 I take that two ways. First of all, obviously, it's if he's lifted up on the cross. If he's lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. If he's lifted up, if he dies on the cross for all of our sins, he will draw all men unto him. But also, if we would lift up the name of Jesus, if we would continue. See, he wasn't just lifted up one time. He was lifted up one time on the cross. That'll never happen again. But we need to continue to lift up the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Those above the earth, those on the earth, and those below it will bow and say that Jesus Christ is Lord. If we would lift up the name of Jesus, we don't, sometimes we don't understand the power that's in that name. We sing about the power in the blood, but see, the power in the blood is the power that forgives sins. The power in the name of Jesus is the power that overcomes the world. 
The power in the name of Jesus is the power that overcomes sickness, every sickness, including COVID. The power in the name of Jesus overcomes every stronghold, including pornography and whatever other kind of stronghold that there might be. The power in the name of Jesus is the power that overcomes every yoke of bondage, every relationship problem, every deliverance that we need. The power in the name of Jesus is a power that's unmatched in the universe. There is no power like the power in the name of Jesus. And this is the Jesus that John is trying to get us to see. What manner of love does he have for us? What manner? This, this phrase, what manner, comes from a Greek word, patapos. And, and the meaning of it is what sort of thing, what sort of person, what sort of amazing thing, this surprise element of amazement can this be? You know, Jesus was manna. That's why he's called the bread of life. That's a whole nother teaching, isn't it? Manna, what is it? We don't understand what it is. He's the bread of life. And Jesus, the, love, the only way I can explain this love that he is bestowing upon us is to use this word lavish. It's a la you ever heard that word lavish? You know the word lavish. Lavish love. What is lavish? Lavish is extravagant. Lavish is, is magnificent. Lavish is unrestrained. That's the kind of love that he bestows upon us. See? And then Paul told us in Ephesians 5, chapter 1, to love like that. It's an extravagant love. Let me quickly give you seven things about this agape love. Let me give you seven things real quick about this agape, lavish love that, that Jesus bestows upon us. And here's the point. It's not just to remind you only. It is to remind you how God loves you so you won't take it for granted as you walk through your daily life. But it's also to encourage you to love like that because that's really what he wants. First of all, we have to understand that a lavish love is unconditional. Now, I'm talking about the agape love. And you guys, you know, we don't need a teaching this morning on agape, the difference in all of the, the Greek words, uh, you know. But I'm talking about the agape love. See, what I don't want is for you to just say, just God is unconditional, period. He just, there's no conditions to God. There are some conditions, okay? If my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name, that's a condition, Okay, if, if you keep the word in your mouth, right, and observe to do all that is written therein, these are conditions. But to his agape love, to his, his, his love for you, you can always come home. Even if you turn your back on him, the agape love, that love is unconditional. I love the way the New Living uh, Translation puts it in Romans 8.35 you know the scripture, some of you, but listen to it in the New Living Translation. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened or with, we have death. No, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Unconditional, every last one of us, whether you're short, tall, black, white, head full of hair or not, whatever, it doesn't matter. God loves you. His unconditional love, agape love is upon you and the name of Jesus is available to you. It's available to you. Secondly, his love, lavish love is absolute. 
all-encompassing. It's not just halfway. You know, this, this, this comes from that, from that uh, you know, extravagant and not holding anything back kind of love. You know how we love sometimes? You know, when you've been hurt and you, you kind of love, you're, you're saying, I don't want to put my heart on my sleeve. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I love you, but, you know, I'm, I'm watching you, you know, because if you say something wrong, you might hurt my feelings. And, you know, Jesus never loved like that. He just, he, he just, and see for us, here's the thing that we, and you might say, well, you know, brother Mike, but you're saying, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just, am I some kind of a placemat? I'm just supposed to be out there and let people run me over and just give my love to anybody and, you know, give my pearls to swine. No, that's not what he's saying at all. But here, here's what we need to do. Our confidence needs to be in God's love for us. And as long as we know God loves us, if someone else disappoints us, and here's a little hint, not a negative confession, but just a truth, we disappoint each other as humans. I'm not saying we should. I'm not predicting it. I'm just telling you that humans, we disappoint each other at times. And so those things happen, okay? But as long as I know that this love is intact, then I can get over any offense that I have. And I'm able to love again because I know I have the love of the Father. His love is absolute. Number three, his love is surprising. His love, that's why, that's why John said, behold, behold, whoa. I have, I have walked, you know, when he wrote this epistle, this was after he had walked with Jesus and all that. He had a revelation long after that. I walked with him and I'm still today surprised as I think back about the love that he has for us. Why would he do the things that he's done? Why would he forgive me the way that he has? Deuteronomy 7, 7 says, the Lord did not set his love uh, on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you were least of all people. God didn't choose you because you were so handsome or so beautiful or because you talked so eloquently or because you were even so faithful. God just loves you. He loved you before the foundations of the world. He loved you before you were created. He knew all the bad things you would do and think. He knew you, where you would fail. He knew where you would trip up. And even though his knowledge of all that, he still chose to love you long before you knew who he was he loved you his love is surprising and then number four his love is inexhaustible it never runs out can you believe that lord your mercy endures forever forever his love is inexhaustible and i remember i'm talking about us striving to love like that okay this is where we're going I know, I know, I know. It's, it's a difficult, and I'm not saying, you know, tomorrow, Monday morning, you're just going to go out and say, oh yeah, I love like that. I know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a journey for us, okay? But his love is inexhaustible. Ephesians 3.19, out of the message version, and I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Paul said, reach out and experience the breadth. Test it as its length. Plumb its depths. Rise to the heights and live full lives, full in the fullness of God. His love is inexhaustible. This is one that I love. Number five, his love is full of second chances. 
I've said this before too. Why doesn't that say his love has second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and 29 chances? I've said this before. Because there's only second chances. Because once you get a second chance, everything resets. You're back to one. Forgetfulness. He throws it away. Back to one. Oh, now you need a second chance. And he's full of them. He's full of them. This is why Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. Come home. I'm here. I don't care what you did. I've, I've forgotten even what you did. Just come home. That's all I want. And you can do it. You can come home. Number six, lavish love is a healer. That's what his love is. His love is a healer. We all know Isaiah 53, 5, but I'm going to read it to you again. Let me remind you that it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. We know that. He was bruised for our iniquities. We would all agree that the cross took all of our sins away. Uh, and, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. That means that, it, uh, that, means that unattainable peace is now attainable to you unbelievable peace and that just doesn't mean the absence of war but that means in the midst of everything you still have peace is available to you because the chastisement for that was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Peter in Peter 2 24 looked back on that and said by his stripes we were healed we were healed his love is a healing love and lastly lavish love watch this now is crazy generous it's crazy generous. I know. I put those two words together. It's crazy generous. It's not just generous. It's not just giving. Now, you know, for me, when someone talks, especially when you're in church, and then especially when you're in service, and somebody talks about being generous or being a giver, the first thing that comes to my mind is money, right? But he's just not talking about generosity as it relates to money. Money is certainly part of it. We live uh, by that, right, form of currency. But he's crazy generous. He's crazy generous with his healing. He's crazy generous with his love. He's crazy generous with his knowledge. He's crazy generous with his uh, wisdom. He's crazy generous with his deliverance. He's crazy generous with his mercy. He's crazy generous with his grace. He is crazy generous with everything so that all of him he could give to you and now guess what see I know and we I'm just like that too I'll be like amen Lord thank you for being crazy generous but I want you to be crazy generous now, now wait a minute hold on Lord you know I mean I'm not Jesus now come on but we can get there Je Jesus is telling us this morning that we can live just like him amen. down in verse 16 of first John chapter 3 says by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. The only way we know love is because he showed us love. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because he first loved me. Now, I know for many of us, this kind of a, a message is just a reminder. You might say, Brother Mike, I know all of those things. But remember, we're talking twofold here as we get ready to pray. We're talking twofold here. We're talking about let us be reminded so that we won't take his love for granted as we walk through our daily lives. Let us be reminded how crazy. I don't even know the adjectives to use. I'm trying to think of words to even use about how, how crazy and wild and... and I, 
I don't even know what it is. The love that he has, it's unfathomable. I can't, I mean, I've, I've been living on this earth for 50 plus years and I still don't understand the love that he has for us. But we see now through a glass darkly, then we shall see face to face. And if you think you understand the fullness of his love, you need to think again. You need to think again because behold, what manner of love is this? You, and you know what it tells me? It tells me that you, the love that he has for us, you can overcome anything. I don't care what you're in. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care the financial problem. I don't care what the relationship problem is that you had. I don't care the hole that you dug for yourself. I don't care how people have talked about you or how you've been offended. I don't care how hurt you've been in your life. I don't mean that I don't care about it, but I'm saying it does doesn't matter uh, in, in terms of God can bring you back from that. We just have to give ourselves to him because his, he's got a crazy love for us. So it's, it's for us to be reminded, number one. And then the second thing is that this is how we have to strive to live toward one another. We have to strive to live toward one another. So you may be in here today and you may be a person who thought you understood the crazy love of God. 